Well, welcome once again to Maple Grove Covenant Church. I'm Chad. I'm one of the pastors here, and we're going to kick off a new series entitled, Is This Wise? It's based on the book of Proverbs. I'm really excited about studying the book of Proverbs with you over the next number of weeks. And the way that I'd like to start off our series is by giving you some common everyday Proverbs. I'm just going to say the first part of the English proverb, and just like you to fill in the blank. So I'm just going to say the first part, and then you can just shout out the rest of the proverb, all right? So here we go. Here's our first proverb. It goes like this. A penny saved. Penny earned. Very good. A friend in need. Well done. How about this? An apple a day. Very nice. Better to be safe then. Well done. And how about this one? Uh, Don't bite the hand. And then finally, the early bird. That's right. Okay, so a buddy of mine is a uh, first grade school teacher in a local school here. And he did this with his first graders. And these are some of the answers that they gave. You guys did very well, but these are some of the first grade answers to these common everyday proverbs. A penny saved is not that much. Don't bite the hand that looks dirty. And finally, one of my favorites, better to be safe than punch a fifth grader. Most of us are familiar with these common everyday proverbs. Most of us got these. We're smarter than a first grader, right? We know that a penny saved really is a penny earned. But did you notice I did not start this exercise by saying these are common everyday promises. I didn't say these are timeless truths. These are things that will always work in every situation. I didn't call these timeless promises, but common everyday proverbs. Because a proverb is not a promise. A proverb is not a guarantee. Sometimes you get up early and that bird who wants that worm, there's no birds to eat. Now, sometimes you, an apple a day doesn't guarantee that you won't get sick because a proverb is not a promise. There's no guarantees. In fact, sometimes we get into trouble when we read the biblical proverbs and see them as biblical promises. In fact, here's just one famous proverb in the book of Proverbs in 22.6. It says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old... He will not turn from it. And sometimes we can read this as a promise. We can say, hey, if we train up our child in the way they should go, then it's a guarantee that they're not going to go away when they get older. And if they do happen to stray, we say, God, it's your fault, or maybe it's my fault. And we forget that a proverb is not a promise. It's a truth. It's it's a principle. It's, It's a way, it's a short, memorable phrase to remind us how life works because an apple a day can help you live a healthy life. Eating healthy generally extends your life. If you get up early in the morning and you get to your job, that does help you excel in your profession. And, you know, if you train up a child, it's a lot better than ignoring that child to help them go their way. See, a proverb is not a promise, but they are extremely helpful. 
They're extremely helpful for us as we seek to navigate some of the very difficult decisions that we face in our lives. See, correctly understood and applied to our lives, these biblical proverbs can make a huge difference in our lives. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1 through 9. It says this, Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention. Gain understanding. Lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you. Love her. She'll watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs you all you have, get understanding. Esteem her. She will exalt you. Embrace her. She will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head, present you with a crown of splendor. Wisdom will protect you. Wisdom will watch over you, even exalt you. It will help you live a life that's worth living. But you got to run for it. you got to pursue it. Though it costs you all you have, you must get wisdom. If you notice, in verse 4, 1, it says this, Listen, my sons, to a father's instructions. Pay attention and gain understanding. And, and, and there's this repeated phrase, particularly the, for the first nine chapters of Proverbs, it says, Listen, my sons. Listen, there's something important that I want to share with you. See, most scholars believe that the book of Proverbs was primarily, not exclusively, but primarily written to boys as they transition to manhood. They're like that great band, Boys to Men. And, and Proverbs is this great book to help young men transition from boyhood to manhood. See, these scribes got together some of the wisdom of Solomon and other teachings that they collected them in this manual, in this, this book that we're going to enter into over the next few weeks to pass on to the next generation, that this is the wisdom of Solomon, the wisdom of God to be given to the next generation. It reminds me of an experience that I planned many months ago, but, but experienced this last Friday to help my 12-year-old boy transition from boyhood to manhood I, I planned this little experience with another friend of mine and his son. We went on, on a little hike together. Uh, the four of us uh, went on this, this hike together. In fact, it was actually a, a pretty long hike. We, we hiked to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. And so last Friday, uh, my, my son and I, or last, last Wednesday, we took him out of school and we flew, took a, took a red-eye flight to Vegas, and we got up early in the morning and we got picked up and drove to the Grand Canyon and we, we hiked to the bottom of the canyon. It took us uh, uh, 11 hours in the canyon. It was 18 miles. We, we went 5,000 feet down to the Colorado River, and it was extremely cool. I mean, we had, we had our little night lights on in the morning, four in the morning, as we're descending down the canyon, and then the sun started to rise up, and we made it all the way down to the bottom. We even went swimming in the Colorado River and then had this little moment over lunch where we talked about how life is hard. But God is our rock. 
And I had him write down something that's hard for him as a young boy. But as you transition to a man, you can also always depend on God to be your rock. He took a little rock with him. And we had this little moment. If you would ask me, why did I go through so much trouble? Why did I want to take my son and my buddy want to take his son to the Grand Canyon to hike to the bottom to have this little experience to teach him about some, something about life? It's because I want to pass on wisdom. I want to help him transition from boyhood to manhood. But isn't that what we all want? Wisdom? Whatever we're transitioning from or to, as we transition from childhood to adulthood, from single life to marriage, from you know a couple to a family, from a fullness to an emptiness, whatever transition that we are in, don't we all need wisdom? A friend of mine was recently, is recently transitioning from this job that she's been in for over 20 years into a job, into a field that she has no idea where she's going. And she says, Chad, I, I'm going through some uncharted waters. I don't know what's going to happen next. Would you give and pray for me to have wisdom? See, whatever transition we're in, from employment to unemployment, from caring for children to caring for aging parents, from going from singleness to marriage or marriage to singleness, whatever transition we're in, we all need wisdom. And we find it here. We find it here in the book of Proverbs. We find the wisdom of Solomon, the wisdom of God. The scribes put together the words from Solomon and other wise people, and they put them together to help us make those tough transitions in life. Help us ask and answer the question, is this wise? What's the wise thing to do with my time, my money, my family, my friends? What is the wise thing to do? But we must pursue it. We must go after it, though it costs us everything, we must get wisdom. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to Proverbs chapter 1, page 623 in your pew Bibles. The words are also going to be on the screen, but Proverbs, once again, was written by King Solomon. Solomon was known as one of the wisest men on the planet, and many people came to hear his wisdom, issues related to family and friends and wealth and poverty, all these all these issues that we face in our lives. And Solomon gives these words, inspired by God. Solomon gives these words of wisdom found in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Solomon's the author of most, but not all the Proverbs. God inspired him to write down these truths, these principles. They're not promises. The Proverbs, there's truths, there's principles about how life works. And the following verses describe to whom the book was written and why. So please listen as I read verse 2. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs, parables, and the sayings and riddles of the wise. So why did God inspire Solomon to write down these books? Well, these words. It's written right here. It's to attain wisdom. It's to get to know 
wisdom, but it's more than that. It's to understand words of insight. It's to do what is right and just and fair. It's to give prudence and discretion, guidance and understanding to help you in the decisions that you make in your home and your work with your future. That's why God inspired scribes to collect Solomon words into a book, to give us wisdom and understanding and prudence to discern right from wrong, good from great, to give us guidance in the decisions that we make. But did you notice to whom the book was written? Did you notice in this few short verses who was written? It was, it was written to the young, to the simple, to those who are just starting out their journey, those that have much life in front of them, those who, who do not have much to draw from from life experiences. It's to the simple, the open-minded. It's to the young, but it's also to the wise. It's to the older. It's to those who have been on the journey for a while, those who have lots of life experiences to draw from, those whose life might be coming to an end, meaning there is plenty of wisdom in the book of Proverbs for all of us. Whether you're new to faith, whether you're just starting out, whether you've walked with God for a long time, have plenty of life experiences, wherever you are at, whatever transition you find yourself in from childhood to adulthood, from marriage to singleness, from singleness to marriage, from an empty nest to a fullness, from retirement to work, whatever transition you find yourself in, there is words, there are words of wisdom from God to you. That God has words of wisdom for us in the book of Proverbs. Certainly there's an emphasis on transitioning from boyhood to manhood, but there's enough wisdom for all of us. In fact, scholars connect verses 2a with verse 4. In 2a, we read, for attaining wisdom and discipline. It's the Hebrew word yad, and it means to get to know wisdom, to, to get a basic inter introduction to a life of wisdom. And they connect that to verse 4 that says, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge to the young. That, that for those of you that are young, that are just starting out with your journey, the book of Proverbs is an introduction to a life of wisdom. But it doesn't end there. They connect verse 2b with verse 5. 2b says it's, it's understanding words of insight. It's the Hebrew word habin. And it means to go deeper. To get deeper discernment on the words of the intelligent. To distinguish the insights between the parables. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. See, Proverbs is both for the old, those who have walked with God for a long time, those whose life experiences are plentiful, have a lot to draw from, and the book of Proverbs is for the young, those who are just starting out on the journey, those who they don't have a lot of life experiences, those whose life is still yet in front of them. Proverbs has enough wisdom for all of us. But we've got to dig for it. We gotta yearn for it. We got we gotta cherish it and, and, and want it though it cost us everything. May we get wisdom. But then Solomon in his wisdom writes down the foundation for wisdom. For those of you that want wisdom, those of you that are seeking some or, or needing answers in some tough decisions at work or at home or at school. 
Solomon writes down the foundation for wisdom. Verse 7, he writes this. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let me, let me just, let's just say that together, okay? This is, this is the foundation. So let's just repeat these words after me, okay? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let's just say that again, okay? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, this is the foundation. This is the starting point. This is for where we build a life of wisdom. It's the fear. It's the awe. It's the, it's the reverence of God. It's to honor God. It's to delight in God. It's to see God's grace and God's glory. To stand in awe. To revere. To fear the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom. I know that, that most of us don't always associate positive emotions with the word fear. But that's what the scriptures teach. That, that we are to fear. To, to revere. To stand in awe of God's grace and glory. That's the starting point of wisdom. Now, I don't, I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but fear often defines our freedom. Have you ever noticed that in your own life? How fear defines our freedom. Just think about some of the things that you're afraid of. For those of you that are afraid of spiders, what do you do when you see a spider? You, you move away from the spider. Right? For those of you that are afraid of heights, you don't go to high places. You don't hike a lot of mountains because you're afraid of heights. Fear defines our freedom. For those of you that, that, that might be afraid of failure, you don't take risks. Those of you that are afraid of rejection, you don't let your true self shine because fear defines our freedom. And what Solomon is simply saying is this. Let God define your freedom. Let God define for you right from wrong, good from great. Let God define for you where your value rests. Let God's presence and power dictate the future for your life. Let God define your freedom because he knows what's best for you. He created you. He loves you. He sent his one and only son to live the life you couldn't live, to die the death you deserve to die. God knows you, loves you, has a plan for you, so let him define your freedom. Let him help you discern right from wrong, good from great. Isn't that what we read in the scriptures, that God wants us to set us free from the fear of spiders or failure or rejection to live a life that's truly free? Isn't that what we read in Galatians, Galatians 5? Where Paul writes, it's for freedom's sake that Christ set us free. Christ came to set us free from these other fears so we can live in awe and wonder and worship of God. Isn't that what we want? To live a life of freedom? It's not just free choice that we long for. It's wise choices. It's not just the ability or opportunity to choose. It's the opportunity and ability to choose wisely. That's what we need. That's what we long for. And that's what God gives us. And it begins here. It begins in this awe, with this wonder, with this fear and beauty and awe of God's grace and glory. Of who Christ is and what he's did for us. See, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the starting point. It's the foundation for a life of wisdom. So fear the Lord. 
Stand in awe of God's grace and glory. Humble yourself before the Lord. Don't think that you can figure this thing out on your own. Say, God, I'm having a really hard time with this decision at work. I don't know really how to raise these children. You know, God, these finances are super tight. Would you please, God, give me wisdom? The fear of the Lord, it's the foundation, it's the beginning, it's the starting point for a life of wisdom. Then Solomon writes these words. After he announces to everybody, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, then he writes this. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. But fools despise it. They reject it. They don't want anything to do with wisdom and instruction. And right out of the gates, right from the book, the starting point, all the way through the book of Proverbs, there's this contrast, there's this tension, there's this conflict between wisdom and folly. Fools hate wisdom. They don't want anything to do with wisdom. They hear a command, go left, they want to go right. Instinctively, they reject the authority of God and other people. Fools hate it. They despise wisdom. They want to go their own way. But the wise fear the Lord. They humble themselves before God. They say, your way is higher than my way. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I don't know how to make this decision. Would you please give me wisdom? The wise fear the Lord. The fools reject it. And we, as the readers of the book of Proverbs, must make a choice. Will I live like the wise? Or will I be a fool? Will I go my own way, do my own thing, hate the authority of God and other people? Or will I humbly submit myself God, see, there's this contrast, there's this tension, there's this tension inside even our own hearts as we make decisions with our family and our friends and our futures. Will I live a life of wisdom or will I be a fool? That's the question. That's the tension that the book of Proverbs raises and it's a tension inside every human heart as we enter into some of the tough decisions that we have to make. Will I live a life of wisdom, submit myself to God's authority or will I live like a fool. But we all need wisdom. Wherever we are at on our journey, whether we're just starting out our journey or whether we've been at it for a long time, we all need wisdom. Whether we're transitioning from childhood to adulthood, from marriage to single, from single to marriage, whether we're caring for children or aging parents, whether we're empty nesters or whether our nest is full, we all need wisdom. And God's word to us this morning is simply this. Don't be a fool. Don't despise. Don't reject. Don't resist the words of wisdom. Pursue them. Run after them. Yearn for them. Though it costs you all that you have, get wisdom. A steamer shall protect you, shall provide for you, shall teach you how to live a life that's truly life. See, for the next few weeks, that's what we're going to do. We're going to pursue wisdom. We're going to enter into the book of Proverbs, and we're going to study topics like sex and marriage and work and parenting and friendship and all these tough life issues that Solomon addresses. And we're going to ask this question, is this wise? What's the wise thing to do as it relates to my family or my children or my future or my money? 
based on my current circumstances, based on God's word, based on my past experiences or my desires for the future, what's the wise thing to do? But the beginning of wisdom is right here. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And we bow down before the Lord and say, God, you are good. God, you are great. I worship you. I revere you. You are awesome and beautiful. I submit myself to you. That's the beginning of wisdom. That's the starting point.